Hello and welcome to Odd Spots. My name is Ryan Mullen, and on this episode, I talked to Rip Victor. Victor invited me over to his basement studio, which was super cool to see what he was able to create and the area where he creates. Uh, when I first came up with the concept of doing this podcast in themes, and I, I thought of the music theme, I had originally thought it would be a lot of um, people in bands or, or solo artists, but I didn't even consider someone like Victor, a music producer that spends most of his time working with so many musicians and helps create, helps make their visions uh, into reality. And he does actually make his own music too. And so I'll play one of his new songs that I believe he says uh, hasn't been played anywhere else, which is a cool exclusive for this. So here is his new song, No Corona. R.I.P. Victor. Victor, where are we? What does it look like? And what are the sounds you might be hearing during this episode? Hey, man. So we're in my uh, my personal home studio. Uh, so you're probably going to hear dead silence, hopefully, because uh, that's the whole point of a, of a studio. So yeah. hopefully you shouldn't hear anything but us talking. And so what's the on your walls, you have so many different shapes of um, sound protectors. What are those called? So Sp- that's like... Uh, so those... They're panels for sound absorption. Yeah, so okay. it's for like acoustic treatment. So like, if, let's say like I'm listening. See right here, I got some speakers. Yeah. Let's say like we're I'm listening to something really loud because I want to like get a good reference point as to like how loud whatever I'm making is. Like mm-hmm. these will absorb the sound. So then that way I'm just hearing 
the noise like the speakers are making and i'm not hearing like the reflections off the wall yeah yeah i was like i don't know if that's gonna make any sense to anybody i think so but why are they (laughs) different in size and shape like what's the is there a difference or how do you how do you know where to put each specific thing or did you just get a lot we're like i'm just gonna put this i mean it was a combination of guesswork okay uh and uh and a little bit of uh know-how thanks to the internet but the ones in the corners of the room Mm -hmm. i'll try to create a visual here the ones in the the corners of the room are uh the big ones are for uh they're called bass traps okay so they absorb like low frequencies so that way when the bass is going crazy like i can still have a good idea of what i'm listening to okay yeah and um as for all the smaller square panels like those are more just regular first reflection panels so like all they do is like they're just points in the room where the sound makes contact and their job is to just absorb that sound, so then that way I have a really good idea. I can focus in and really okay. listen to like what's going on on my laptop in the session. How often, or how how often in a week do you think you're here making stuff? What, do you have like numbers oh, on that? Uh, I mean, it kind of it really fluctuates. Varies. I would say I'm gonna average probably like eight to ten hours a day. A day, okay, seven yeah. days a week, yeah. But wow. pro- probably a little more though, to be honest, because. Wow. Um, I like to, uh, now that I'm a bit, I've been sort of doing music production and engineering now for, like, in this spot for going on two years. Okay. So, um, I'm, a, I'm in a stage now where I can be a bit more organized with all my session work. So, now mm-hmm. I'm actually probably here a little longer. Wow. But I'm here at more ideal hours of the day, and um, I also have, like, little breaks kind of mm-hmm. in between sessions. Like, I like to give myself, like, 15 minutes, you know, and you never know. That's like, good, someone yeah. might be late or whatever, too. Yeah. So, it's like, it'll give you enough space to, you know, not have to merge on anyone's session time or yeah. anything like that you can just okay sort of... that's good and so you produce so much different music what do you find like you're able to do all the stages right which is unorthodox usually people have their own specialty but you're able to like kind of help in and many aspects of music production yeah right? so i guess uh so for me like i started when i started doing music i was an artist mm-hmm. and i played in bands a lot in high school and in university and then i dropped out of university to go on tour okay yeah and then after going on tour for a bit um the artist thing kind of came to a halt just because it was just the money, you know, sure. the usual. And then I, uh, and then I kind of got into, uh, engineering by accident, engineering okay. being more like the process of recording yeah. and mixing records. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because like, that's something people needed. And, uh, the, there were like a lot of people making beats and there still are because yeah. it's 2020. So the internet exists. It's pretty easy for someone to like rip uh fl studio or like some sort of beat making software yeah make beats put them on youtube and like get gain traction that way okay yeah. but um so like it didn't really make a lot of sense for me to just do that because like mm-hmm. why why are my beats special you know okay yeah. um so I, I i began learning as much as i could about engineering and then i built a clientele that way yeah okay so um for me like a lot of people uh, a lot of people can do a few different things, but kind of stick to one. Yeah. Whereas with me, like depending on who I'm working with, like to some people I'm their engineer, I like mix their stuff. Yeah. To some people I'm their producer, like I'll make their beats and then they send it out to get mixed by someone else, or mm-hmm. I'll do everything depending on the arrangement and the relationship. So yeah. That's kind of how I I'm a little different in that sense, but it all kind of happened by accident. Like it wasn't yeah. really a plan. Just yeah. people needed an engineer, so I started doing that. Yeah. And then when I built a relationship with those people, I began to produce beats for them as well mm-hmm. and like write with them sometimes depending on the the vibe. Yeah. Um and then yeah, and then now here we are. So now I kind of do a little bit of everything, but I recently I've been leaning a bit more on the side of production just cuz it's like I like making beats and I like you know being involved in the writing and the structuring of a song and stuff like that. That's cool. And this is called New Alchemy Audio. Yes. That's the name yeah. of this? Yeah, it's cool. It was kind of an accident, too, yeah. That name? <laughs> it, was a, it was sort of a name that uh, 
I didn't. I just liked the name. I didn't know what I was going to use it for. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like, I don't really have. It's not really like the name of the studio or anything. It's okay. just kind of like a domain name. I just okay impulsively kind of bought it because okay. I liked it the way it sounded, and yeah. I liked the fact that it was kind of ambiguous. Like if mm-hmm. I email you from that email, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, oh, am I like a manager? Am yeah. I like a, a producer? Am I an engineer? Or so, even what it is? Or even really what it is? All I guess it, the audio it just, part. It just then, says yeah. audio in the name. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how that happened. And what is the most frequent thing people come to you saying they need help with? Um, saying they need help with, I, I it really depends. Yeah, it really depends it just, on the person. It just varies so much. Like I would say, like at first, it was a lot of people who just needed help getting like a good clean recording and because you have the equipment. And like, yeah, well, at first I didn't really have much. I had, like yeah, a you've slowly and a built and, and grabbed all these things over and time. And just over time, yeah, like mm-hmm. I just sort of saved up and I was like I was still working nine to five for a while, mm-hmm. so I managed to hustle and and be able to afford uh, like to build because like this studio that we're sitting in now like uh it's not very big to give people a visual it's like it's like eight by eight and then there's like another little section mm-hmm. um so it's not like the biggest studio so i had and like the room is very unorthodox like the way it's built because it didn't exist before okay so like this wall yeah and then this wall behind me are brand new walls that like we built for this. For this. Yeah, wow. And so, like, originally this was, like, all one big room. Oh, okay. And it w- didn't really make sense to use the whole room at that point. Now mm-hmm. it might have, you know? But, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> but, um, like... Maybe in the, just get a window there, but then that gets rid of the... Yeah, that's the, the problem. Video, yeah. Like, that's the problem with the windows and stuff yeah. is, like, the like they're bad for reflections. Yeah. It's like, the sound is going to be <laughs> okay. bouncing off that shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of the... That's kind of how this came about. I found it to be pretty um, surprising to me because I, I, the microphones I have, I already found those to be expensive. But then I saw what um, like vocal, like music yeah. microphones cost, and I found one that was like nine thousand dollars. Have you seen any like that? Like, does that really help when it's nine thousand versus five thousand? Is there really? Can you really tell the difference? Uh, it's one of those things where it's like it's sort of a yes or no situation. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I feel like a lot of people think like right out the bat i'm gonna buy this or this or this mm-hmm. it really doesn't help you unless you know how to use it yeah you know okay. what i mean like for me when i when i first started out and i was recording on uh what's called a sure sm7b so that's okay. like i think in canada it's about 700 dollars. okay i think you can get it for now and it's like um it looks kind of like the microphones we're holding it's mm-hmm. like a black sure microphone okay yeah. um and it's a very uh, it's it's like a darker microphone if that makes any sense like it's like one that like like if you're doing like metal music oh, and really? with screaming vocals it's good for that because like the harshness really? kind of gets oh, absorbed okay. uh so like a lot of guys even like at the professional professional level like will still use that microphone for mm. certain things but and like again goes to show that price point sometimes can be irrelevant depending yeah. on like what you what you know you could use your gear for mm-hmm. um but um yeah, I run I run a microphone called a, a U87, a okay. Neumann U87, which is like not cheap. Yeah. But um I didn't I didn't feel the need to buy that until I was at a point where I was hitting a wall with like oh, the quality okay. level hmm. because like again like your ears become adjusted to like a room and like you begin to realize like when it comes to mixing and making things kind of hit properly. Yeah. You begin to learn like oh if I do this, I'll get this result or if I do that, I'll get that result. So um I just got to a point where I felt like I plateaued with like where I was as far as like the sound I'm going for. So then at yeah. that point, I I figured I'll save up and make the upgrade. But but it's I, interesting because they're like a, they're a, such a strong tool because you could yeah. do whatever you want with them, and that's why like any other tool, they're so expensive. Yeah, because you could you can yeah. do all the creativity that comes to your mind or that comes to someone else's mind. That's yeah, for sure. Cool. I mean, the weird thing about my setup is I'm very like um, 
I really just kind of focus on getting a really good vocal recording because mm-hmm. for me, like I'm just one dude and I'm funding this whole thing. So yeah. at the end of the day, like if I could just make one thing that's really good, yeah. and like vocals and like in music is the it's the most universal thing, right? Like at yeah. the end of the day, like if I invested a bunch of money and or or if I wanted to be like an all around where I could record this or that instrument or or, yeah. or whatever, like I would definitely be curbing a lot of clientele because there's like a demand for what I decided to really become good at. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess it kind of worked out, but like, I don't, I don't have a ton of, of things. I, I just stick to like the basics and have one good chain of one good sound, you know? I have a couple different, um, platforms that I use where I get like a monthly free song or a free After Effects file or a free game on PlayStation. Oh, really? I'm guessing. Yeah. Like I just, I just, part of these services, they just have also this extra free thing a month. Do you, do you have anything like that that has, that makes you have like a giant library of beats or samples? Like. Or do you just, how do you find them all? Uh, not really every month, but yeah. I mean, the, the internet's your friend when it comes yeah. to all that. Like when it comes to making beats, especially like <clears throat> you can go, you can go on Reddit and get every drum sound that oh, you want pretty okay. much. Like you just go r slash drum kits. Yeah. And there's like all the drum sounds you need. Oh, okay. And then like, uh, if you really like to play the keys or like really like to use synthesizers, like mm-hmm. that can get pricey. Okay. But um, if you're just starting up and you just want quick inspiration, like there's a website called Splice. Where producers okay. upload sounds like and like sometimes loops and stuff, mm-hmm. and kits, things you can flip and like put into your program and like make them, yeah, <clears throat> make them sound a certain way depending on like what you're going for. And then there, there's like Looperman too, which is like a free loop website where okay. like a bunch of kids, like younger producers, upload like they'll make something on the keys and they'll yeah. upload it, and then like <clears throat> people go in and download it, and then they add it to whatever drums that they're working on, like and then like there you go, you got a beat, you know? Okay. And what about like <laughs> the trading or? maybe not trading selling <laughs> buying and selling of beats on websites like how is that a very popular thing like how often do you do that there's a few websites that mm-hmm. are great for young producers like to help them build a platform like mm-hmm. youtube being one of them of course and yeah with so many people who use youtube like it's probably the easiest way to get a lot of people to listen to something yeah like um <clears throat> if i'm a young producer and i want and i don't have any artists that I, I'm really working with and I want to branch out and start developing a clientele and mm-hmm. building a sound. I could just uh, make beats based on whatever inspires me, like whatever music I'm listening to or yeah, or, or whatever, really. And then I could start uploading them to YouTube as like tight beats. Okay, yeah. Right, which is what a lot of kids do and that's how kids get placements. Tight? Uh, type. Type What's beats. type? So like, <clears throat> let's say like, uh, let's say you listen to like a, like a ton of ASAP Rocky. Yeah. You just love ASAP Rocky, you're a producer, and you really want to learn how to. Okay. So like, what you'll do is like you'll make a beat that you feel like ASAP Rocky could rap on, and, okay. then, and then you upload it on YouTube called like ASAP Rocky Type Beat. Oh. Okay. And then that like, type. Okay. And then that yeah. Okay. So and then any rapper who's like I kind of sound like ASAP Rocky or I like his choice of beats. Yeah. Would yeah. go search that on YouTube, and then they would find like a bunch of beats that like someone made with him in mind. Yeah. So then that way you can kind of pair, you know. The problem with it is that. Um, it does kind of, I guess, push back like the progression of music a bit, mm-hmm. just because like you're so many of these young producers are instead of developing their own sound, they're really basing like yeah it on something that's already out there, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it works for a lot of artists. Like they really do get placements and they really do get big artists checking these things out. Like I'm pretty sure ASAP Ferg actually like hopped on. I think it was Shabba Ranks was like a YouTube beat and he okay. bought he bought the rights to it. Actually, I don't really want to go too in detail okay. in case I got the song wrong, sure, but yeah. it was like it was one of his biggest songs. He bought the rights to the beat for I believe like $500. Oh wow. And then the song of course did insanely well. Hmm. And then the producer was like, "Hey man, like <laughs> 
can yeah. I have some money? Because, yeah. like, you know, like, $500 isn't exactly, like, my contribution to the song. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm half the song. I made the beat. <laughs> yeah. So, um... We just don't know what you can make with it. No yeah. Idea. So, I guess, like, that's the only downside to some of these platforms, like YouTube or, like... Or, like, BeatStars is another one where... Okay. Uh, it's just a website where you can upload beats and then you set your own prices. Yeah. And then uh, and then through PayPal or whatever, people can go on and like buy your beats mm-hmm. and then you just get the money wired to you. Yeah. That's it gets cool. confusing though. And if you're making a lot of money on there, you're going to have yeah. to figure out how you're going to pay taxes with all that and oh, shit. Oh, really? So, like, okay. Well, I mean, if you do really well. Yeah. And on top of that too, like, if you're, if you begin to do really well, like, bigger artists will come check out your shit. Yeah. Okay. Because everyone's always looking for inspiration all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, even no matter what level you're at, like, you're going to want to. See what's out. See what's yeah. out there, you know, and like figure out what your next move is. And a lot of the time, the internet's a good tool for that. Like I know there's, I know a lot of young producers who've gotten placements just from mm-hmm. posting stuff on the internet, which sometimes sucks because you, not everyone understands the business side of it. Like a lot of these kids are like 16, 17. Yeah, they post like a fire beat they made on on whatever gets picked up by a huge artist. Now all of a sudden, like there's like an artist in their legal team, and then there's a 16 year old kid. Like who's gonna win that legal battle? <laughs> yeah. You know, so like. Oh, wow. Um, so it gets complicated when it comes to things like that. But like that's sort of like when people talk about like going viral or whatever or like viral success, like mm-hmm. that's a good example of how like you probably you don't immediately become successful. There's still a lot of work you need to do after that. But yeah. like that's a that's a way that a lot of these kids have get their foot in the door and begin mm. working in the industry and really making music with these big artists. I actually made some of my own beats and I'd okay. be curious if you could um check them out and see if you'd like to to buy them. <laughs> All right, let's check it out. Oh man! So I got some slice beats there. Slice like, beats. Would you buy those for maybe fifteen bucks? Fifteen? Mm, I don't know, bro. Like the grocery store? No, no like, that's all pretty. me. That's all I you. Did all that, yeah. You know what, man? If you made them with love, fifteen dollars, sure. Yeah. You know <laughs> I want to. Su- I want to support the independent producers, especially for producing like these type of beats, yeah. because like. You good, like my these slice are, These are good for you. you <laughs> yeah, know you what like I mean? that. You can pop that in a session, fry that up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Throw, awesome. a little, throw a little sea salt on there, yeah. a little garlic powder, and then like, boom, there you go. Yeah, these awesome. are nice and cold, too. Yeah. Just hold on to that. You can make a nice dish with that today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, good <laughs> <call>. <laughs> um, so when, I've never actually, the only music I actually have made of my own are a couple songs through like mashup format. Like I, right. re- I got really into girl talk. So it was cool finding like the stems of songs, like yeah. the vocals of Childish Gambino. I had to put it with like the tune of party in the USA. That's one of the only songs I've made. And I just, for some reason I was like, Oh, that's okay. just sounded really cool. Yeah, putting yeah, those yeah. Together. And just so, like taking an acapella and, and yeah, an yeah. instrumental and like, yeah. And so sure. I've, I've had fun doing that. Have mm. you played around with stuff like that? That's one of those things where like, I've recently been looking into like maybe taking up DJing just for fun mm-hmm. because like a few of my, artists that i'm really locked in with a lot like are kind of in a position where they need to really start performing you know what i mean like that's a transition we're beginning to make figuring out like how we're going to get some shows okay ones outside of ottawa particularly you know what i mean and 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 get like out of town crowds and really begin building a fan base that way Mm -hmm. and uh it's really hard to find good dj i mean it's so sorry it's not hard to find good djs it's really hard to find djs that are available and good and like want to take a risk like that Mm -hmm. because um it's really easy if you're a DJ and like and and you you're passionate about what you do and you become a resident DJ at some club where a lot of people are going there every Friday and Saturday. It's a really hard gig to give up because it's great money and yeah. you're, and all you're doing is spinning music and making things like creating a vibe and everyone's yeah. loving it. You know what I mean? It's like it, like it, I'm not downplaying it. Like it's definitely a uh, hard job, and I could I, like I don't know the first thing about it, it really. What are the difficulties of DJing? Because just looking at it from a layman, it just looks like someone's up there making the next tune, and like what are they really doing? So um, when 
when an artist wants to like get their songs like in the club mm-hmm. and like really like playing in uh, DJ sets and stuff like that, yeah. What I would do is I would create what's called like a DJ pack, which okay. is effectively like the song trimmed at a certain point, like depending on how long the intro is, so you can just drop it in right away. Okay. And then I would also send out like the acapella vocals and then like an acapella instrumental. Okay. So, um, what's challenging with DJing? Or it's not really that it's challenging. Like I think it just comes with a lot of practice and a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, is is finding songs like of similar tempos that like you can transition one into the other. Okay. And then like or put you can do like the mashup thing that you were mm-hmm. just talking about. You can place like oh these vocals on this beat yeah. and then like you know. Okay. And then create kind of a cool because I feel like the my favorite DJs are the ones that are really good at just like a knowing what the crowd is saying as far as like the vibe and like, okay. what they want to hear yeah and b being able to kind of like mash two things together that like probably don't belong together yeah and okay. like creating a whole new thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that i would say is something that like if i were to ever get into djing like i would really want to like have some like dirty transitions and <laughs> yeah, stuff you okay. know like that would basically be and for me it would all just be for fun like i don't think i'd ever like dj like at a club or anything i think okay. i would just dj at a par- house like, party <clears throat> no like mostly just live for like my artists okay and just oh, like okay. stuff like that you know because like uh it, again like it's it's really hard. like if you have a great job djing like that's good money like it's really hard to give that up and decide oh i'm gonna take a risk and go on tour with this artist and make like maybe nothing for five days you know what i mean yeah so like i understand fully why like it's hard to like really lock in with a good dj and go on the road so i've been considering you know maybe buying like definitely not good dj equipment but okay. like something really cheap just to like yeah just to spin stuff if we're playing out of town shows and not, and then that way we don't have to bring an, an additional person and okay yeah get them on in the loop with everything we're working on you know yeah and so uh you mentioned like people that you work with a lot i know one guy you worked with was the first person i met with you on the night mm-hmm. with cameron and jerry was marty yeah marty party yes, <laughs> and yeah. so you guys are really tight working with him so much what are your favorite songs of his like My favorite songs yeah. of his Jeez. um i think you'd be probably one of the people to know it's best right yeah i kind of i mean I like to think that, you know, like, I, but like a lot of the times, like when you make music a lot, like the people kind of decide like what's going to go and what's not, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the, yeah. like you could have a really good feeling about a song and then yeah. like it might not translate or you could have a song where you're like, eh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. We had a song actually, uh, Marty, myself and uh, another artist that we work with frequently, Nathan, okay. Okay. we have a song called Feel Alive that we put together mm-hmm. one day on like Instagram live. Just, like, for fun. Like, it was just, like, a little thing. We just threw it together. We're in the middle of working on a project. And this one, we ended up putting it on a different project. But we were just, like, kind of making the song for fun. And it was a really fast session. We didn't really think anything of it. Like, it wasn't something that we were, like, super, like, yeah, like, excited about, really. Because it was just, like, you know, we just made it. And then we just didn't think about it again. Yeah. Which is not necessarily... It doesn't mean that we liked it or didn't like it. It's just we just didn't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. And we put it out. And that's that's his most streamed song. Oh, wow. So, uh... Unless, uh, at least I'm pretty sure that's his most streamed song as like a primary artist. Okay. Um, so yeah, I would say that's probably one because yeah. <laughs> the people seem to like it. Uh, so I, that's why uh, you like yeah. it is because just because it, it connected with a lot of people. Well, I think it makes more sense to me now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like okay. now, now that you, now that I go back and listen to it, like at the time yeah. it was like, cool, we made something cool. Okay. Yeah. And on to the next thing. We didn't really, you know, uh, but Put now as much time into other things that you're like, why did right. people like that as much? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, I guess now that I see the way that people have reacted to it, huh. it kind of gives me a new perspective on like, yeah, what I like about it. Mm. So I'd say that's one worth checking out. Him and I have a song, uh, together called B and B as well on his first tape pre, which was like kind of a cool moment because it was one of those things where he like, because I don't really record as much. I, I do more like the production yeah. side of things. But on this one, I just had an idea. I just felt inspired. Mm-hmm. And like he kind of took a leap of faith and let me do that. And um, 
And like that song, like a lot of people resonated with that one too. So like uh, I'd cool. throw that one on there. And then I would say every song in his new project is worth checking out. Oh, we wow. just dropped a project today. Oh, okay. On the seventh. Wow. So um yeah, so I mean I guess like a week from now, whenever people hear this, yeah, yeah. that's out. It's on Spotify. It's called After Party. Cool. And um yeah, it's cool. It's a cool project. It's it's more of a hip hop project, mm-hmm. whereas we were dabbling a lot into like funk and pop and stuff. Okay, and this um, is mainly hip hop. This one's okay. more like production wise, like hip hop. So yeah. Okay. I guess those are my three. Yeah, okay. That's my cool. two plus five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And one thing I've noticed in hip hop more than other genres, why do hip hop artists usually say their own names in their songs so much? <laughs> um. I think it just comes from the the like the attitude of the genre. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Because hip hop was born in a very like competitive state of mind it was because okay. originally like well no, maybe not originally but like hip-hop sort of became battling a lot mm-hmm. like where you'd have a rap battle with someone yeah. and it kind of just like saying your name is just it just sounds cocky it just sounds yeah. confident you know what i mean it just kind of it brings that that energy that you need to bring to a song so okay. like a lot of this and and on top of that too it's um oddly enough it's like really good branding yeah <laughs> you know definitely. what i mean if you just hear a song and then you hear yeah. someone kind of say their name and it's like a yeah. cool name or something you're like oh shit like it makes sure hmm, to remind right. people because I yeah. find uh, sometimes, especially actually with you, is a couple of your names are kind of hard to spell. Like, right. like yeah. Rip Victor and Ghosts. Yeah, is you have them written in a way. Have you found that to be sometimes that's n- like a negative way of people can't really find you as easier if they're trying to type that in and it's harder to find. So you gotta, oh, yeah, you gotta keep saying your name. Oh, it's terrible! <laughs> so it's times. terrible for that. It's yeah. terrible for that. The thing is, is um, as far as the names, like I didn't really come up with like Rip Victor. I I came up with Ghosts. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Okay. Um, because originally when I started Ghost, it was a project with myself and and, and my brother Matthias who passed away. Yeah. And uh, he actually came up with the name, so I was like, well, okay. it would be like to not honor that and like to change it to yeah. something that's better for SEO would be stupid. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I feel like it would kind of go against like the whole point of the project. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and the reason why the V was originally we were making a lot of music in Montreal and okay. like the area code is a five. Oh, okay. So like that's why we had the V in there, and then the Z was just like for fun yeah okay. <laughs> you know like the Z, there wasn't a lot of thought put into that yeah. but the the name itself ghost came from originally before we started like making music as like artists together mm-hmm. uh we were like kind of writing for people or we okay. tried to start like a business where we would do a lot of writing which kind yeah. of developed into the studio business i run now okay over yeah. time but this is wow. when i was still an artist and i just wanted to like another form of income and i wanted to like really get like my hands on like writing a yeah. lot for other people because because i couldn't make a lot of music myself i was in a record contract that didn't really let me okay so <clears throat> i wanted to like get a like an avenue to like create with other people yeah and we started a company that orig- the original name was going to be ghost entertainment okay was going to be the name of the company because yeah. it was like we kind of like we work with people and help them with development and writing but yeah. like we're not really here you know ghostwriting so like that's, yeah that's like like yeah. ghostwriting yeah. yes but like it was it was also like more than that too it would be okay. like ghost production yeah yeah or like um even even doing things like like Matthias had a couple of gigs where he was like a stylist okay. for someone you know what i mean so it's like it, it was kind of an all arounder sort of thing with yeah. a focus on like the music but yeah yeah, it never really panned out just because the, t- the timing wasn't really right for it. Okay. And we weren't really in the right state of mind for it. But then that that evolved into Ghosts yeah. eventually. And that's when we started like writing music together under Ghosts. I have a, a really weird um, kind of connection with right, Ghosts. Yeah. Um, with Ghosts. Mm-hmm. And so one thing, uh, I, I saw one of the album or cover arts that you guys had or that you had for um, Feel Nothing. And it's yes. a screenshot with your friend Matthias. Right. 
and it's him asking you about your name. Right. And you're explaining that process. I have a really weird connection because I was looking at that screenshot. Yeah. And it was taken at a specific time. Right. Do you know what time it was taken at and what it says on oh, man. that cover? This would have been like four years ago. Almost. Okay, yeah. So, so like, you have no idea. I don't, yeah. me- I don't yeah. remember the exact time. Because it stood out to me. Cause because the, the, the screenshot, I think I took at a later time than I actually got the text. Oh, okay. I think I took the screenshot in retrospect because okay. I, I was like, I might use this for something. Oh, I don't okay, know what. Okay. But like, I didn't. The way that things turned out was not originally how it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think I was going to use it at some point to be like, look at how far like we've come together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then of yeah, course, yeah. is untimely passing. Like, mm-hmm. I had to repurpose it, but. Yeah. <clears throat> Because it was still an important moment, you know what For I mean? For sure. And, and like, okay, and, I thought it was at that time. It's still also weird though that you did it afterwards because that time it was at two thirty-seven in the morning. That's what it says on your phone. Yeah, that's probably right, man. And so that's what it, that's what it says. I know that it, because yeah. it made me double take because I see that number <laughs> every day. For the past couple of years, I've been seeing that number has been like haunting me. Like, I, it's, I have a really weird thing with it. Yeah. With 237. Like that, exact that exact time. I see it like That's every weird. day. It's super <laughs> weird. Like, I first saw it in The Shining, and then there was this documentary called Room 237. And so, like, that was like probably five or six years ago, I had really first seen it. But over the past year or two, I feel like I oh actually see that no, number. No, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so, it's super weird. Just, it is um, weird. Yeah. Just me seeing that. Like, I did a double thing. I actually had to like check my screen to be like, is this a 737? Like, is it, there's no way that's 237. So, it's just a super weird. Oh, wow coincidence that i that i had with that yeah Yeah. oh geez yeah Yeah. all right well i'm gonna (laughs) now i'm gonna be thinking about that more than i should yeah probably (laughs) um and so you had previously you said you were in other bands and they were like metal bands right yeah mostly yeah and so have you is there any kind of overflow or any like um influence that metal has with hip-hop have you seen anything like that yeah i would say there's lots yeah um i mean when you look at like hip-hop in 2020 it's kind of taken on a whole new platform. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think even Kurt Cobain was quoted saying, like, maybe not so much with metal, but, like, more with punk rock, that, like, hip-hop is, like, this kind of, the, like, an art form from the same vein as, like, punk rock. Yeah. Where it okay. goes against the system, yeah. against the establishment. It's rooted in a in a genuine culture. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, a, you know, it's not just, like, a phase. It's, yeah. like, a, it's like, a whole movement. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say mostly just in in the idea of it, it's very similar to like a lot of subgenres, like in metal or or more maybe like more like punk rock, more like, like the rebellious uh, yeah. rock music. Yeah. With metal, like it kind of gets confusing because when like if you're a member of the metal community, like um, there's so many like avenues of like death metal, black metal. You know what I mean? And okay, that's yeah. all like a different group of people that yeah, like, don't really. fuck with any of the other groups. Sometimes okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like metal's pretty weird in that sense. Okay. And then there's like the prog metal where it's like all the nerds with like the math core and all that shit. Okay. And then you've <laughs> math got like core the, metal. That's a genre, yeah. Mathcore. What does that mean? It's like, um, so when when you make a song, like typically in Western music, songs are in a four four time okay. signature, right? Yeah. So it'd be like one two three four. Yeah. One two three four. Mathcore is like they fuck with that. They make it like nine four for oh, no reason. Oh, shit like that. You know what okay. I mean? So it's like the math, the actual math that goes into the music yeah. is complicated. Yeah. So it's like, but I mean, hey, if that's what you know. If that's what gets you off, then like do your thing, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. if like you know, I, I had a phase where I was into all sorts of different genres of metal because when I was growing up, like it was a, it was a, it's escapism, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's so different yeah. from like anything I was raised on that like I I gravitated towards it, and you, I've, I maybe the same thing with hip hop eventually too, yeah. Do you? I, I've listened to a bunch of your songs and people that you've worked with, right. um, And I found that there's there's a lot of honesty coming mm-hmm. out in a lot of these songs have you found that people like yourself and your your friends and like uh workers uh co-workers have you had 
a lot of therapy going through coming up with like the writing the words out that are like you're you're like you can speak into a microphone and people can hear and like oh it's this like, music it's like the epitome of therapy yeah for sure like um and it's kind of funny you said that because one of the things that um one of the things that i always tell people is when you're going to write a song like just figure out what you're trying to say mm-hmm. and then make the goal of the song however you do it however you achieve this goal make the goal of it to say that thing that you want to say because people aren't dumb like people can really see through like you know like there's a lot of popular music where it's like hey this is just some person in a room with you know and like they just came up with this idea and this concept and like they were handed it and like it's a half-assed performance it doesn't really sell the idea of the song Mm -hmm. and then you get a song that like there's an artist who doesn't care about the theme of the song and there's like you know yeah and like sometimes like you could you could completely ghostwrite a song for somebody and they could perform it so emotionally appropriate that like it still conveys the original intent of the yeah. song. But like, I always tell people like, and this is also a writer's block trick. Like if you're having writer's block, fucking go do some shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Go feel a way about something. And then all of a sudden everything starts flowing. Like live a life worth writing about. about, writing about yeah. or, or if you, or if that's not really, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a hermit, if you don't want to leave, then like just go, go on the internet or go watch a bunch of movies or something. <laughs> Find You know what yeah. I mean? Like inspiration's out there. Uh, but yeah, I would always say that like, it doesn't necessarily need to be something super personal, but as long as you have an idea and a concept, mm-hmm. you really want to write about that thing and you really want everything that you, that you're working on to like really, and it doesn't need to be anything deep either. It could just be like, Oh, I want to write a song about how much money I have. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. a lot of, a lot of rappers like to write songs yeah. about that and there's good ones and there's bad ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and they're all about the same thing, you know? Huh. So like at the end of the day, like if you have really of a topic and like you have a lot of personality and you could really get to it, like, I feel like that's a major key for an artist especially knowing yourself and knowing your sound it's like all part of yeah, the process that's important you just said watch a movie do you think you could score a soundtrack for a movie do you think you'd be able to have those skills or would you want to do something like that if, if someone gave I've you the thought product? about it yeah i've thought about it i think that um i don't know i think it would have to be like i'd have to really like the movie <laughs> as weird yeah. as that sounds like for me like i don't really like to like like I, uh, it's hard to say yes or no on that because mm-hmm. I've heard movie soundtracks that are amazing and ones yeah. that aren't so good. Yeah. And like when when you're doing music, when you're starting out as an artist, and now I, I do a lot of executive production now too, like putting together albums and stuff like okay. that. So I'm still kind of figuring out the mastery of that. Yeah. And like making an album feel like a movie when you listen to it front yeah. to back. To have a beginning, middle, and end of the album itself. Yeah. Sense, yeah. So part of me thinks that like, oh, I can maybe adapt that and use it for like scoring a movie but then another part of me is like you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about so <laughs> yeah. like i think i would just need to i would need to be inspired by like the concept of the movie and yeah. then i think from there like it would flow okay well, i think but if you were, would do anything like that you would just finally write like short film you'd start on like a five yeah thing. like i would probably start with make, a short film a yeah you know what <laughs> i mean like make something yeah that yeah, for sure, that for sure for short down film, to try. yeah something that's in in the right path of what mm. type of music that you'd be into yeah like, for yeah, sure that sounds cool that's that's probably where you'd start like a lot of the time too when i think scoring a movie i immediately think of like hans zimmer you know what i mean i'm yeah. thinking of like lord of the rings and shit yeah and i'm looking at that and i'm like dude uh <laughs> you know like some of those soundtracks or some of those scores i guess are such masterpieces and i'm like i don't even know you know what like i might i'm gonna not touch that you know yeah. but like but other times i listen to other movies and i'm like oh i could maybe do this or i could maybe produce a song for a movie mm-hmm. that's what a lot of producers and uh, writers do yeah like there's a big job about like like for example like that sway lee post malone song okay yeah like that they scored that was for spider-man yeah and it was it charted it did really well yeah not my favorite song by either of those artists but mm. um 
it, uh, Sunflower is the name of the song. Sunflower. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you've, maybe you've heard it on like I've, a playlist I or something. I definitely have. I yeah. just, uh, I'm not too familiar. I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah. And, so it's, uh, yeah. yeah. So that, that I could see myself doing for sure. Cause it's like literally what I do now, but it would just mm-hmm. have to be a bit more PG and yeah. a bit more central to the theme of whatever the movie is. Yeah. Um, one thing I found kind of a reoccurring thing in, in some of your songs, whereas you had a lot of, sometimes you would mention, um, like the hate from your city. Like, mm-hmm. do you, what, what is that coming from? Is it a certain group of people or where, where did those feelings come from that you felt like you weren't getting enough like appreciation or what, what was that? Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a combination of, of a few things. I think, I don't really think it's like, I think it's more the frustration of, of the lack of infrastructure here in general to do anything creative. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I don't really think it has to do with, like, a specific group. No, okay. There's, there's sort of a stigma that, that plagues a lot of smaller cities, like mm-hmm. ones that, that aren't, like, a major metropolis, like, ones that, like, have enough people that it feels like it's a city, but, like, okay. um, doesn't necessarily have all the functions of a city. Mm-hmm. And then being, like, a, Ottawa being a government town, like, there's, like, a lot of people sort of just play the game you know like we we go to high school we study something mm-hmm. we'll get a government job we're good then we die you know okay, yeah so like there's like there's a lot of that and that's totally cool like if that's what you want to do then by all means do what you want to do but um because of that like just like the way the city's designed even down to like the geography of like how spread out different neighborhoods are yeah okay. like it's really hard to kind of build like a community with a with a talent pool that's tight enough that makes people whose jobs are to find talent want to even look into it yeah um like you have cities like hubs like atlanta or like a chicago where there's like tons of large artists where you could be like oh that person's from this city or that city and like it's pretty in like a lot of the time some of those artists are from like two hours away they just drive in you know yeah and they they're from here now Um, (laughs) we don't really have a lot of that and in canada things are so spread out too that um you can't really do that unless you're near Toronto, really. Yeah, okay. Um, but I would say that it's it's not really a hatred thing. I think it's more like a mentality thing. Okay. Um, it's more like, and I would say like hating. Uh, in yeah. quote, it's not yeah. like it's not like hate. It's more yeah, like yeah. you know just like ripping on something or being jealous of something for the yeah. sake of not having anything better to do. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that just because there's so many people that are frustrated with the lack of infrastructure here, yeah. and there's nobody willing to carry that torch and like go to Los Angeles or go to Toronto and actually convince these people in these bigger pools um to even invest here because mm-hmm. why you know what i mean if i'm if i'm joe the a and r at warner and i have an office in toronto like why the fuck would i move to ottawa like <laughs> yeah you know i'm gonna move my my two kids and my girlfriend here and like like there's yeah. no reason for that until yeah. they're convinced that there's a reason for that and i th- and i and i think that the, the talents there like i feel like the artists from the city are mm-hmm. playing ball at a level that is worth looking into but it's just a question of really getting that attention and like who's going to do that who's going to go get that attention and um in the meanwhile while no one's really well i wouldn't say no one there's a few people that are that are moving around but while it's still in the works the project of getting that major label presence mm-hmm. here um people are still going to feel a way about you know people are going to hear something and they say i could do better because there's there is no infrastructure and like at the end of the day you telling yourself you could do better is the only validation that you can so okay. I would say that yeah, that's kind of like unpacking the whole <laughs> yeah, uh, like hate for my city thing is more just like I know people watch what I do and I know that like sometimes people feel a way about it because I'm I'm very busy all the time and I'm and I'm focusing on specific artists and people and I really want mm-hmm. um I really want those people to to do well enough that it'll shine a spotlight on some of these other people that might not be in a position where they can. And, yeah. and all that comes down to at the end of the day is, is timing and mindset and the music being at a level where I feel like I could make music with this person for 
10 years, 20 yeah, years, okay. <clears throat> which is, you don't find that in everybody. You know what I mean? So they're, yeah, I would say, I guess that's what the, in conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, do you, how do you find our best Ottawa talents? Is it seeing them perform usually, or do you kind of meet each other at parties, like, like through friends of friends or, um, I mean the internet mostly for me, yeah. uh, Instagram is like the, my really the only social media platform I use. Mm-hmm. Because it's so time consuming that <laughs> the idea of like using another one to the same <laughs> yeah. degree, like, holy shit, like, it's just not, I'd just be shooting myself in the foot. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, back to the infrastructure thing, like, like there are a few artists that are really good at organizing shows and setting up opportunities for people to perform, yeah. but, um, there's not enough of that I find. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so difficult to do that, uh, I totally get why there's not enough of that because you got to like be a show promoter you know what i mean as well as an artist or as well as a whatever yeah. there's nobody really there's not enough here for anyone to really make money just only being a show promoter in ottawa okay you gotta spend more money than you make for like the first two years of doing that realistically if you're trying to bring touring artists here okay so yeah. because of that i would say shows when the odd one happens it might be worth checking out if you're looking for ottawa talent but um i would say that like it's so challenging to like set up that Unfortunately, they don't happen as frequently as they should. Yeah, uh, I would say your best bet if you're looking for Ottawa talent is to just go on the internet and like see who, yeah, who you know who do you know follows this person because mm-hmm. like even the algorithms on Instagram are not really conducive to like searching up oh artists in my city. Yeah, <coughs> you can't even really just like search that and get results. Unfortunately, yeah, but that's um, too bad. yeah, so I, I would say the internet is really the best way. And okay. for me, it's usually just like because I because I do this so much, like someone's gonna see it, you know. Yeah. And like people usually come to me and they're like, Hey, I'm so and so and I want to make music and then and then there you go. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> I found a really cool I, I listen to a lot of improv podcasts. So it's imp, uh, improvisers um doing stuff and and often whenever there's like a a, f- a rap component or just a music on the spot, these improvisers are able to do a really good job at freestyle rap. Do you think freestyle rappers could also translate that into improv and be good improv improvisers? Definitely. Um there's also a thing too where like, uh, have you ever seen like Shia LaBeouf like freestyle? Yeah, I have. <laughs> so like, um, there's actually a thing. He actually talked about this where he's like, a lot of people in Hollywood they like to freestyle rap. Yeah. Which is like the complete inverse of what you said, <laughs> but they because it's like it keeps them on their toes. Yeah. If you got to constantly find words to come up with, it'll like when, when you're shooting that movie and there's a scene where like you do some funny shit and it's the best scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And it was completely off script. Yeah. Like that's kind of sort of the same idea, mm-hmm. and I get that in the studio all the time. Like. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> freestyling is like. Not everyone can like get a complete grasp of it right away, mm-hmm. but uh, it's how most hip hop music is really made in 2020. There's a mm-hmm. lot of uh, mm-hmm. maybe not like you don't just like walk up to a mic and then just like spit out a whole completely <laughs> yeah. cohesive piece of yeah, music. Yeah. But like, you know, you go up and you get like kind of a, you listen to a beat or whatever is inspiring you to come up with like a melody or a flow, mm-hmm. and then you sort of uh, think about like little bubbles of different like what could be words. They kind of yeah. like mumble. Yeah sort of phrases and then like once you're at that point you can kind of fill in the words or or you could record it like line by line and then build a song that way oh okay so like <clears throat> that's how these hip-hop artists can put out like three mixtapes a year of like 15 songs it's oh, like wow. how the fuck can you you know what i mean and you're touring and you're yeah and like some of them you're like also still supporting your family like if you're working and shit like how mm-hmm. do you have the time to really put this all together it's because they're good at being in a situation and reacting immediately to whatever 
is yeah. thrown their way. Like this beat, okay, I know what I'm going to do immediately, and then they just go trust their instinct, and then they're they're not scared to and you show just it to the world. Have like an Eminem style like dictionary of words that rhyme and how they how they go together. And yeah, kind, of, kind of yeah, to not make it the exact same, but right. like. But like that could also you could together. like you could go back and like like you could rap a whole song with a bunch of like lines you've maybe used yeah. in this song or that yeah. song and then you could go tweak it yeah so it like it's original to you but like it, and it doesn't sound like you're constantly just repeating yourself like I feel like uh, more so than words a lot of uh, especially singers too will have like certain phrases or certain things that like they can like kind of sing or yeah. rap and like it'll always sound kind of cool or always sound good and no matter what the context is. It's just a question of going back and like making sure you're not being like super redundant all yeah. the time. I uh, I've been to quite a few um, roast battles, but I actually went to one show at Babylon that was a mix of a roast battle between local comedians and a and a rap battle between like these two different local rappers, and it was very interesting for me to see the rap battle because they were like touching each other, like poking each other. Yeah, you're not and, supposed to do that. You're supposed to like get in their face, yeah. but you're not really supposed to be like, nah, yeah. you're not, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, okay. Like sometimes like, <clears throat> this is more like, cause some, some of these younger rap battle local mm-hmm. artists will, uh, they watch things like grind time. Okay. And, and like, they don't take in that these are small communities of like 20 artists. Yeah. Like these guys that just dissed each other for They're an hour friends. and a half are going to go get lit after this. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like they don't like, like it's acceptable because they they know each other so yeah, well that yeah. like it's cool you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. but like if you if you don't know this guy like you're just asking to be like punched in the face like if you're yeah. if you're like doing weird oh, shit okay like, yeah poking him or whatever <laughs> yeah. uh like like maybe like a minimal amount might be acceptable but mm-hmm. like for the most part I'd be like dude like I don't know you you know yeah. what I mean like but oh unless they knew each other in which case like I do whatever you got to do it didn't seem like they were <laughs> that close based <laughs> off of the interactions I saw but I thought it was just yeah so interesting because after a roast battle like for Jeff Ross's show like roast battle like right people, yeah, yeah people always hug afterwards like that's a rule. Like you have to hug the other. I person. think the comedians though are better than rappers as far as the ego and being able yeah. to take it out. To take it and they sorry, have to be kind of more self-aware. This shit out. You need to be able to oh, take yeah, it. Yeah. I feel like in comedy, like that's more because you're in a more um, part of your position as a comedian is to really push the envelope as far as like what you're kind of allowed to say mm-hmm, yeah. and like how you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or saying something that you're not really allowed to say, but twisting it in a way where it's acceptable and it yeah. makes you think like, I feel like mm-hmm. the best comedians are good at teetering that line. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you watched like Dave Chappelle's recent special, sure, yeah. uh, where he was kind of like, you know, a couple of the jokes didn't land with me, but at the same time though, like I could kind of see like, he's really fucking treading that line. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And he's really risking like, definitely uh, like, you know, like he's, he's potentially like giving people a, a line that they... But needed. I find that's the best kind of artist is half the people hate them, half the people love them. If they make you think. The best way. If they yeah. make you think and they make you reconsider shit, then, like, they're doing their job, in my opinion. I just watched a TED Talk with this guy who's not a comedian, but so I was like, oh, who is this guy talking about comedy, about humor? But he was some, like, scientist analyzing comedy, and he was talking about benign um, violation theory, which is, like, a joke is, like, a, vi- a violation. Like, you're kind of, like, unsure about what they're saying, and then you yeah. make it benign. So it doesn't matter. And it just makes it a joke. It makes it kind of a humorous, because you were like, what are you about to say? Oh, oh, it's funny and stupid. Yeah, well, and the problem with okay. that is if you've got somebody at the bar buying a drink, and yeah. they hear half your joke, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. might piss someone off. Exactly. And, like, and, like, that's not even the... You know, yeah. I guess like a, I guess a oh, smart way to tread that as a comedian, I guess, is to make sure the punchline is is good. It's good <laughs> and it's uh, easy to understand. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like and you say it loud. Yeah. So like, if you just heard the first part of this joke, like, by the way, it's actually funny. I'm not just offending you. Yeah. It's like there's actually like a you know. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what makes comedy beautiful, though. Yeah. Like with, without the people pushing that envelope, we'd all just be 
there'd be no conversation. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it opens the door to that. Is that a key thing? Do you think also maybe in some of the music, like people are trying to be funny in their rhymes and the way that they flow in yeah. the songs? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, like, I would say it's not so much like they're trying to not be the same like, way. not like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're not trying to get you to laugh your yeah. ass off of their song. Yeah, yeah. But, they're, but they, they're trying to get, you know, they'll say some quirky shit or it'll be like a punchline where yeah. it's like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You, like, where you like, you make a reference to something mm-hmm. and then like, but it, and it, it has to do with the other topic you're rapping about or singing yeah. about. It's like, that's usually when the best writing comes out. And sometimes that can be funny. Yeah. 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 For sure. That's cool. But usually it's like, it's humor that's like absorbed in a different fashion, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I would say the same thing. Like, as far as like being an artist and you're also kind of have the same duty of push, pushing the envelope and really making people think and give people perspective on certain things. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, all right. I think we're actually coming into the close for cool. this. And so the way that I wrap these up is I get the guest to pick the way that we're going to end. So I've got five options that you can pick without the description of them. It just has the uh, the words, like the names of the options. Then I'll tell you what that means after you've after you've picked it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I'm, like, picking my punishment. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a punishment. <laughs> can I read these out loud? <laughs> uh, just just no. pick the one that you want to do. Maybe we'll do, like, holy shit. Um, let's do five. Five. That sounds scary. Uh, death row. Okay, yeah. This is the one people <laughs> pick because of the title. And yeah. Then it just all this one is is uh, you're on death row. What is your final meal? <laughs> so, oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh. Well, I mean, you know, simple question, but yeah. not an easy one. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't eat meat or dairy. No or eggs. So oh, like, wow. I'm basically like fully vegan. Okay. Uh, so like that's gonna sort of limit my options. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like. Would you want to end your last? What I want like something like cooked, like a home cooked thing, or would I want to like order something from a restaurant? That's really the question. I think. Whatever you want, maybe a little mix of both. What would you maybe get? A it's mix like a big both. plate. It's my so last get... meal, bro. I'm yeah. eating. Like yeah. I want like three meals. Yeah. Um. Shit. It's a really hard question. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> now I'm like really thinking about this. Um, oh. Whatever drink you want to, you could add some Whatever dessert Whatever drink if you want. I want to, holy shit. Yeah. Okay, this is serious. You know what? I feel like, I feel like, you know how like when you're eating food, like you, you sometimes you'll go through phases and you'll eat a fuck ton of this one thing sure, for yeah. a while or like, or and then you'll start eating this thing or yeah. like if a new place opens up or some shit, you're like there a lot. Yeah. I would say like the one thing that's been consistent in my life that mm-hmm. is, that I like to eat because it's like not horrible for you and like you can make it all sorts of different ways or just like burritos okay. or like tacos. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can't really like, you could do corn, you could do wheat, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. could do like, there's so many different variations of like ways you could do it. It's super easy to do it without any dairy or meat. And like, it's still delicious. Um, yeah. So I'd say maybe like, maybe we'd say like a burrito. Okay. Like I'll fucking load it up one. Yeah. Um, with like a lot of guacamole. Okay. And chips on the side with a little pico de gallo, a little guacamole, just depending on the mood. Okay. And like a big fucking Corona, like one of the big ones. Okay. With like, with like a lime and an extra slice of lime in case like the first lime dies out. Sure. Or you're done yeah. the whole thing, you know? Okay. Nice. I would say that's probably uh, like burritos have yet to fail me. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's good. What, yeah. and, it's, and it's hard to fuck those up. So like, <laughs> you know, there, um, there's a there's low risk as far as like, you know. It's my last meal and I get it and it's yeah. like shitty. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's low risk in that regard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say that's probably my answer for that. Cool. All it's right. Hard to screw that one up. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I think, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. This is yeah, great talking to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. This is cool. All right. Uh, see you later. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs>